G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Thursday, we like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hello, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil, and thank you. And uh, very shortly, too, we're going to meet your Queensland counterpart, Andrew McColl, mm. who's the Queensland State Director. We'll meet Andrew in just a few moments. Hey, Greg, just getting things underway here, though, and we've only got you for a short while this morning. There's some research that's showing that familiarity with cancel culture is growing and the impacts, especially for Christians, are being recognised a little more deeply. What are your thoughts about the things as they develop? Yeah, Neil, this is fairly important because, as you know, I've written my book, you know, um, Silencing the Lambs, Wakers Around Cancel Culture. I've had a lot of feedback, Neil, from people that have read the book and they were telling me, Neil, that, <clears throat> pardon me, that they were unaware of the phrase cancel culture. In other words, they didn't realise what impact it was actually having on the on the society that they're in, their work culture, uh, their, their uh, in particular their faith. So I was doing some research, and apparently around about only fifty nine percent of adults actually have heard of the word cancel culture, uh, which compares to around about forty four percent back in September twenty twenty. Now the reason I'm pointing this out, Neil, is because as Christians we need to be very aware of how we express our faith in the public arena and what reaction and how we should react um, is very critical, Neil. So this is a real issue for us at this point in time. Well, I know that a lot of listeners, regular listeners to this program, will know we use that terminology quite frequently because we've been concerned the way that Christians have been... There's an endeavour to silence the Christian voice... Mm. Uh, in the mainstream marketplace. And so cancel culture has become a part of the sort of way we describe the way that those opponents of Christianity try to silence us. But yes, if you're not listening to Christian media, if you're just going along with the flow, you might not even hear the techno- the terminology. And, uh, and so that might be a surprise to some. Oh, very much so, Neil, because you see, in my book, I make the point, I start, I start my chapter off by asking the question, to learn who rules over you, find out whom you are not allowed to criticise. In other words, if you start talking as a Christian or a person of faith, if you start talking about issues like abortion, uh, you know, transgenderism, <clears throat> same-sex marriage, you will be held down because the progressive left, they call themselves, want to put us uh, into a position where we are not allowed to express our views or our Judeo-Christian worldview. So very much uh, an issue for us as Christians because, you know, I'd be interested in your listeners, Neil, in, 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 in time to see, have they been cancelled? Are they finding their uh, faith being challenged in the public arena, whether it's, as I said, work or, at, or, or in particular socially? But, Neil, it's a big issue, and I think we need to be aware as Christians um, how we express our faith and what... Uh, 
what reaction we take as Christians because otherwise, Neil, you know, we're going to be held down. And you know what the progressive left is, right? They, they agree with everything as long as it's not uh, a Judeo-Christian worldview. You know, though, Greg, uh, sometimes there's a bit of sabre-rattling that goes on. You know, if you mm. keep persisting in saying those Christian things about uh, whether it's abortion or euthanasia or uh, same-sex marriage or gender issues, uh, then there's this sort of threat that looms. And mm. I guess you've got to be careful that you're not just governed by fear of that threat. Uh, yep. That, as I say, the, the sabre-rattling that goes on, somehow or other, you've got to get a bit of a backbone as a Christian believer and not be silent because a lot of, a lot of this is just a sabre-rattling or a huff and a puff mm. Uh, because, you know, well, if you get cancelled off uh, social media, well, that might not affect whether you're actually eating a, a warm meal under your under uh, under a, a roof tonight. So there's a certain sense in which not to be too afraid of it, Greg. Absolutely. You know, Nilla, I keep saying, keep the faith. And as Christians, and I, I, I don't want to overemphasise this, but as Christians, be prepared to be persecuted for your faith. And by that I mean, you know, whether you get criticised, whether you get, you know, attacked verbally, uh, whether, you know, you're cancelled. And, and I've been cancelled, I have to tell you. I've been threatened with all sorts of, you know, media won't report certain things. But you know what? You persevere. And I think perseverance is part of the process of being a Christian in this, in this particular secular society now. Greg, I've only got you for another minute or so, uh, but mums and dads uh, and the way they're modelling behaviour in a cancel culture environment, uh, you've got to be, you know, you've got to have the wisdom of Solomon too in you raising your kids. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's so important. And this is why I make the point for all those listeners out there that get tired of me talking about cancel culture and wokeism. It's important. Remember I spoke last week, I think, or the week before, Neil, that the, the parent, the household is still the number one influence on the child. And we've got to make sure that we express our faith and we, and we let our children know that we are Christian, we are people of faith, and we want to be able to express that view, whether it's socially, in the public arena, or at work. You know, let's just make sure that our children, you know, continue on with the faith that we're, we're trying to express out there in the, in, in, in the world, Neil. So I think, you know, highly, highly relevant. Mm. Well, we're about to lose you, Greg, but I uh, want to introduce for listeners Andrew McColl, who's the Family Voice Australia State Director for the State of Queensland. Hello, Andrew. Welcome. Good morning, Neil. How are you today? Wonderful to have you on, and uh, we often don't talk to uh, the issues more specifically you might be addressing for the state of Queensland. I wonder whether you've got some insights into what the biggest things are that you're working on. What are the key issues that Family Voice is interested in for the state of Queensland? Well, there are quite a number of things that are that are pressing on us a bit at the moment, and I, I because of my background in education, there are some things that, that are kind of perennial that never seem to go away. Uh, one of them being the involvement of parents in their children's education, which to me is a critical factor as a parent. And if parents will accept the fact that they are responsible for their children's education and that they ought to be involved in it, whether they they are directly as a homeschooling parent, whether they're looking at what their child is learning at school, then one of the two, then there still needs to be that active involvement. So that's a, that's something that goes back in my experience now 
thirty something years, and um, and now as a not only as a father but as a grandfather of five, sorry four, and, and one on the way, then you you realise that these things continue to be relevant all the time. You're also into writing all sorts of great resources, Andrew, and you recently published for senior students the Great Christian Revolution. Give us some insights into what you were talking about in that for students. Well, it's very flattering of you to call it uh, great insight. <laughs> Let's hope, <laughs> there's, hope there's, there's something of, of there and some value, Neil. But what you know, where we've we've got to today, where there has been a stepping back over the last two or three generations from the public sphere of Christians by and large, and what's happened is that. Of course, where there's a vacuum, people step into that vacuum and sometimes their contributions are not very helpful, especially if they are not, as Greg was alluding earlier, if they're not speaking out of a worldview that, that does reflect Christ and his word. And because of a numbers of reasons that we won't go into right now, there has been this stepping back. And so lots of public issues that are important to the average person get kind of, you know, put aside for the time being, but then we realise that we must deal with these things. So my burden in that writing that series, The Great Christian Revolution, was dealing with lots and lots of issues that are, are current, that are probably topical, like things like education and, and economics and government and how do we deal with welfare in the church. And so and even things like national defence, which one would think, well, why, why is that a Christian thing? Well, actually, the Bible talks a lot about defence and, and the care of the household, the care of the nation, and what should happen if there is some kind of violation of that. So that series is a, is a, a senior student course, and um, hopefully it'll, it'll make a difference to some people's education. I'm going, wow, because sometimes we think that students who are in high school, well, you know, they've got to get their own understanding of those things outside of school, outside of church life. But uh, when you're dealing with issues of defence and education, uh, these things sound like uh, a little bit more highfalutin than you might anticipate for teenage years. And no doubt there actually is a passion about those things because these things are much more in the media. I want to pick up on something, though that you said, Andrew, and because we were having our conversation with Greg just before you and uh, we we're talking about cancel culture, but you added another dimension to what's happening today when you said that over the last couple of decades, Christians have begun to step back uh, from some of these issues. Now, whether that's because of uh, ignorance or whether it's just because, uh, you know, we're just uh, going along with the flow, but the idea of stepping back, unless you actually engage young people who are coming up into adult years to be able to engage a Christian worldview with all of those things, they're not going to be able to engage, are they? Well, that's right. And and we've, there has been a bit of confusion, Neil, in terms of Christians involving themselves in what have been labelled secular issues. Now, that's a, a, we've, some folks have had this dichotomy in their mind of the secular and the sacred. The sacred meaning church, Bible, God, maybe family, 
But a lot of other things, we say, ah, well, that's really secular, so I don't want to have to deal with that. That's not really our scene. Well, that's a very dangerous assumption to make because it means that we leave all these public sphere subjects to other people. Whoops, that's going to cause some problems very quickly. It's, al- it's so almost that's, as that's though. The whole of that. It's almost as though if you separate the sacred from the secular, uh, you're pursuing a shallow Christianity that doesn't have impact on a practical level. So you've got to really talk about how your faith works in practice. And I can hear this coming through in your heartbeat. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. All is a pretty all-encompassing subject. That means there's no square inch of this world that God doesn't expect to submit to him. And that means it's not just hearts, it's hearts and lives, it's beliefs, it's how I conduct myself at all times. And not only the individual, but what what about even things like the family and the church and even the nation? The scripture tells us that blessed is the nation, whose God is the Lord. Now that is a huge statement. So when we think about in terms of, oh, stepping back out into this, this, the so-called secular space, that's going to be of extreme importance for the Christian. It does mean he's got to think about what he believes, of course, and that's a good thing. But, hey, we've got to go out here and there's a, there's a lot of spaces that need to, there's a lot of jungle to be, to be tamed now, and we should be quite willing to step into that and, and confidently do so. In fact, another one of your writings, Andrew, just to make reference to this, called Inherit the Earth. And uh, you're not writing for academics. You're writing for mid-high school students. Uh, you wrote that one uh, five years or so back, but Inherit the Earth, that's, that's the idea that you know, there is a mandate there to, uh, you know, the cultural mandate to go forth and uh, in that sense of uh, have dominion. And that's the sort of language we understand from the book of Genesis. Inherit the earth is important and we have to understand that we're called to do that. Well, we are called to do it. Jesus talked about this saying, you know, that the meek will inherit the earth. Now, we have a kind of funny view about meekness that it, it implies some form of weakness, but actually it doesn't. It's actually uh, uh, the more accurate picture of meekness is strength under control. And so if the Lord's people will be self-disciplined and self-controlled, but willing to listen to the Master's voice, as spoken to us in Scripture, he's going to give us some jobs to do. And, and some of them relate to home and family, and they relate to church and my neighbourhood, and they spill right out into the public sphere because this is a part of what the Lord told us to do back in Genesis, to rule and have dominion. So that involves economics and government and law and all kinds of subjects that we've wanted to step back from But actually, we can't afford to do that. We must step back into them and and start acting in them. 
You know, I'm aware that you're a former chairman of Family Voice Australia, the Queensland uh, state. Uh, You were doing that right back into the early 2000s, and you've had this long association with Family Voice. Uh, I mean, obviously, you and Family Voice are really there in lockstep together and just uh, a fabulous exponent of the values of Family Voice Australia. Talking family for a few moments here, I note you've also written some uh, documents or some, uh, I'm not sure whether they're books, or but they shall become one and the significance of the godly family. Now, when I talk to people from Family Voice Australia, family's right at the heart of what you do and uh, you've been publishing all sorts of good things about family for a long time, Andrew. Well, I have. I hope they're good things and I hope there's some use to people and and I, I just talked to a lady last night up at Bundaberg who's considering homeschooling her children and um, she's got issues as we all have when we're making decisions and the and I was just pointing to her well when you when parents get get closer to their children's education they're likely to have more say in it they're likely to be actually satisfied more with the outcomes. Whereas if I say to my to Johnny and Susie, or well, if you go with Johnny and Susie to school today and you'll be out of the house for six or seven hours in the day, then they have to, that means that I'm not responsible anymore. So whether it's a playground, whether it's a classroom, whether it's on the bus, I have no say in that. And that's not necessarily wrong, but it does involve a, a passing of, of responsibility to other people. And so that's why I've become, I'm probably a bit biased, Neil. I'm, I've become a bit um, convinced that homeschooling is a very viable option for, ch- for parents to consider. And, and so all this matter about the family and it's what it's supposed to be doing, and one of the things it's supposed to be doing is being responsible for children's education. And there are lots of other things involved in that. So just making wise choices for family and yeah, all of those things that come into that because the Lord wants to give his people greater responsibility over time. And if we will be serious about preparing our children for more responsibility, then that will come to them in time. So we can we can be confident about the future if we're doing what God wants us to do. Andrew, let us in on what happens in a day-to-day activity for you as Family Voice Australia State Director for the State of Queensland. Are you uh, connecting with leaders, uh, with politicians? Uh, what uh, what's happens in your day? Well, I'm finding my way in that, Neil, still after about five or six weeks, but uh, I do I do make a point of of talking to ministers and visiting ministers. I've visited about 15 or so in the last six weeks. And that's important to find out where things are in their neck of the woods and how they're coping and what problems they're facing. I also work from home, so I'm, I am um, talking to some parliamentarians. I'm, I'm actually seeing two this afternoon and um, down on the south side of Brisbane. So that's hopefully going to be productive as well. So we have this interplay between between ministers and families, but also with parliamentarians because we want the Christian voice to be heard in, a, in the public sphere, and and that's important. If they, you know, once once we stop doing this and the our, 
our political or state leaders stop hearing a Christian perspective on things, and they're likely to sort of drift back into neutral again, and the 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 whole show can begin to slow down, and then they get other voices coming to them saying, "Well, you should be doing this, and you should be doing that." So we want to be influencing people. So my, one of my one of my jobs is to speak to people a lot in different parts of, um, and I'm, my actual mandate is the whole of Queensland. I've got some travelling to do yet. As <laughs> <laughs> you Neil. do, you do. And uh, look, with a wonderful heritage of Family Voice Australia, uh, you're in this role, a relative newcomer to being the State Director for Family Voice in Queensland. And Andrew, I know that there'll be perhaps some Queenslanders who might like to connect with you and they'll be able to do that. Let me point them to familyvoice.org.au and Andrew McColl, M-C-C-O-L-L. Andrew McColl is the State Director for Family Voice Australia in Queensland. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us today and no doubt we'll get a chance on another day to uh, continue our conversation and uh, maybe pick up on some of the issues that you'll be dealing with. Thanks so much for joining us on 2020. Well, thank you, Neil, for that, and we look forward to talking again. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.